Alright, so here we go. A couple of things that I wanted to talk to everybody about tonight. Um, I just want to give a brief overview of the subjects, but mostly I wanted to go over some cool stuff that I've seen, and then I'll go into my motivation for wanting to talk about this stuff. Um, basically, what I wanted to talk about was um, the power of uh, boycotting versus voting, or rather, I should say, in tandem with voting as an expression of will by the populace in order to enact our um, governmental democratic empowerment. The second thing that I wanted to talk about is in relation to voting, and that is cryptography and its role in the future of voting online all of the haters everyone you know from the uh uh you know kind of mainstream oh no 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 oh you'll be empowered by uh not uh voting on paper that we can control and oppress and etc etc no 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 don't believe the hype the fact of the matter is cryptography is here it's here to stay and it's much much more safe and secure than any type of voting that we have at the moment we'll get back into that the other thing i wanted to talk about is individuals voting themselves there's a lot of grand uh, ground swell grassroots movement doing their thing and the reason that I wanted to um, talk about all these things is because right now if you are a political wonk you're watching the way things are going down you can see a very very systematic set of control you just don't have to be a paranoid uh, conspiracy theorist anymore to see that uh, things are pretty shady in terms of our democracy. It's a little bit scary. Uh, in uh, New Hampshire, Iowa, and Nevada, there's countless examples of election fraud happening on the part of the Hillary campaign, probably with the Republicans too, but uh, I don't really pay attention to them because I think of them as sort of a sideshow. But it's definitely happening on the, the Hillary campaign, so... Being able to use old systems like paper voting, caucusing, and of course the worst transgressor in this, which is the uh, superdelegate system. Nothing but trouble. Anyway, so I'm like, okay, what is the answer to all of these things? Do we have the answers here now? What are they and how do we do them? So here we go. Here's my rundown. We'll call it the future of democracy, the rebirth of American democracy. That's the name of my, as of now, completely unused YouTube channel because of my tech issues, but that's another story. Anyway, okay, so let's start off. Here we go. Bicot is a system which is a super dope app which exists currently, and I just want to read you guys a, a little bit about, um, a review that I saw of it because it sums it up pretty clearly and um, I just think it's like super amazing so uh, here's the deal alright so let's get into this I'm just reading right off the page so uh, don't hate me for doing this I didn't write my own review of this product here's what we got okay Bicot serves two separate but equally important functions. It informs you about the companies that are behind a given product and it allows you to set causes you believe in to help you determine what to buy and what to avoid. The first of those functions takes place when you scan an item's barcode with your phone's camera. After you scan an item, Bicot searches its database to provide you with as much information as it possibly can about the maker of it. You get everything from contact information, phone numbers, emails, social media accounts, and headquarters location to a family tree that lists 
off all related companies and shows you how they are connected. This is probably one of the most eye-opening areas of Bicot. Seeing big companies all laid out with the dots connecting them back to one another shows you just how small the corporate business world really is. Sound good so far? I love it. Whoever buy, owns Bicot, who I have no connection to, by the way, hey, you're welcome for the free commercial. But anyway, so just a little more, if I can just be a shill for this company, a tiny bit more, uh, if it helps save the world, maybe you guys will forgive me for it. Anyway, so before you dismiss Bicot as some hippie-friendly liberal agenda app for communists, remember there's something here for everyone. That's also on the page, and I thought that was super funny because it sounds like that, even though I probably fall directly into that category, but whatever. Anyway, aside from company information, Bicot will also tell you a product status in campaigns. Campaigns serve as a way for you, and it's campaigns, by the way, is in quotations telling you that it's kind of one of the settings on the app itself. Campaigns serve as a way for you to determine what is important to you. There is a wide range of campaigns you can join. There are trending groups, ones that are currently popular and drawing in members, or you can search through campaigns that fall into a variety of categories from animal welfare to economic justice to human rights. There is some overlap between groups. You'll see quite a few, and this is the part that I knew everyone was going to love, dedicated to demanding GMO labeling, for example. Um, and by the way, there's also one that connects you to, like, lets you know what all of the, the Koch brothers uh, companies are. Amazing. Anyway. It's easy to see which campaigns have more comp complete lists of companies to support and avoid. Oh, okay, one more little thing I wanted to say on here. Under the social responsibility category, there is a campaign called Avoid Coke Industries, which aims to point people away from Coke-owned companies because of, quote, their mission to place profits before our communities, our environment, and our democracy. <clears throat> anyway, so so uh, that's that is boycott, and uh, I had had the idea for a boycotting app a long time ago, and uh, I just want to say that in the terms of what is going on with voting, voter suppression, um, election rigging, election fraud, there's election. There are election violations taking place on a grand scale. I can tell you just from my people on Twitter, you know, and what I've seen on the internet, like footage of actually people being caught red-handed in the Clinton campaign with egregious, egregious and numerous uh, election fraud instances taking place. So the the point is is there the, the reason that I'm bringing this up is to go ahead and get to what is the answer if we're gonna heaven forbid knock on wood worst case scenario if Clinton somehow takes the election there has to be some way some there has to be some sort of takeaway we need to be uh, empowered if the if the Sanders campaign gets shattered into a million little pieces then we need to uh, spread like seeds and and raise back up and in the the battle in the revolution for democracy without a doubt all or most if not all of the most powerful tools and weapons we have in our arsenal are technology based period um so anyway that's why boycott 
and the ability to organize um, boycotts. The reason being, of course, that if we can come together to use our will alongside our wallets, we have the ability to literally take down entire corporations because we can track their money and see to it that no more money goes to them and it's gonna be a slow process it's not like everyone one day doesn't go to Walmart and then uh, you know the the world has changed and we reinstate Bernie Sanders as the president the point is is the revolution is starting today the the revolution won't end with the election of Bernie Sanders it will begin there and it is critical that citizens take part and participate in a meaningful way in democracy in a way that other generations have been far too complacent in the past it is time for us where there's no more excuses we know now what we need to do so now we need to do it voting is good but what do we also need to make it so that every single vote counts and that everyone votes and right alongside that boycotting is voting it's voting in the most powerful way which is by taking away the money in the boycott so that's the boycott thing let me know what you think about that I'd love to hear you I might just pop this up on Twitter totally unedited we'll see how it goes I'm pretty hyped right now basically I am uh, major Bernie activist and I am recording this right now uh, just on the heels of Bernie getting trounced in South Carolina which was expected uh, but it's difficult and uh, it's terribly unfortunate but we need to learn from our mistakes and move forward as quickly as possible we need to learn from their tactics of the corporate machine which is incredibly powerful incredibly divisive and cr incredibly well organized so we have to be become as efficient and effective and streamlined as the right corporate machine ourselves and technology is the way to do that in my humble opinion okay so the next thing that I wanted to discuss with everyone was cryptography and its role in the future of voting uh, the key takeaway if you just want the short version of it is that we basically have through cryptography uh, the technology now where uh, encrypted voting and online voting is completely safe and secure and incorruptible and ready to go it's totally streamlined and the entire conversation to the contrary of that all has the vested interest in getting you as the voter to say oh wait you mean it's it's really scary it's not good this thing this can be you know um this whole online voting thing can be like corrupted they could cheat it oh I don't really know technology if you're like the average person and the truth is is that the electronic voter machines which is based on very very dated technology is not only incredibly easily corrupted there are numerous documented cases where the voting machines that people are using right this moment as we speak are corrupted and people know how to do it and that's just the voting machine themselves never mind the shady election 
purposeful election violations taking place by the Clinton campaign and the uh, Republicans. Anyway, so the point is, is cryptography, it's here to stay, it's the future of voting. So I just wanted to go into that real quick. By the way, it is quite difficult, although the, the, uh, the knowledge on cryptography in the United States and the fact that it is um, applicable to voting is widely known and understood by the uh, I don't know what you call them the 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 cryptological uh, circles the the heavy tech circles I guess I'm not tech savvy uh, but uh, it is known and understood but when you Google information for it all you will find are articles by non-experts which are saying don't do it we it's 2016 but we have to use the we have to use a quill pen that they used to sign the constitution in 1776 in order to vote it's the only way uh, I would like to just let you know about uh, the the coolest protocol for um, uh, voting that I've found so far and it is in in a it's from the International Journal of Network Security and its applications, and it is uh, entitled E-Voting Protocol Based on Public Key Cryptography. This is published by the Faculty of Science and Information Technology at the Al-Zaytuna University of Jordan. Uh, so, okay, I'm just going to give you just the bare basics on this so you can see how possible this is and, and what's going on. Um, the introduction, a trustworthy voting system is crucial to a population's consent as democracies are built on this consent. The base of democracy is to allow people to vote freely so the election result is accepted. A significant motivating factor in the introduction of electronic voting is the elimination of election forms. However, because of the electronic system's nature, the voting form removal may never be suitable with confidential elections. The technology of electronic voting is used to support the citizen to contribute in decision-making in a democratic way. E-voting is an election system that allows a voter to record his or her secure and confidential ballot electronically. E-voting is casting a vote electronically by tabulating votes using the internet. There are many e-voting protocols that have been done successfully. Among them are cryptographic voting protocols, a novel in e-voting of Egypt, and a simple protocol for yes-no electronic voting. Okay, so in cryptographic voting protocols, two different cryptographic protocols were analyzed in terms of security properties. Several potential weaknesses were discovered in these voting protocols. The weaknesses became apparent only when considered in the context of an entire voting system. Okay, I'm jumping around in this article uh, because uh, some of it frankly is over my head but I just wanted to get to key parts because people will say oh there's no way to verify it etc etc but uh, in this uh, small part on identification and authentication authentication identification and authentication is the process that can be used to identify and verify the entity on the system in multi-user system, the user must identify him or herself, then the system will authenticate the identity before using the system. Critical. And, it, and this is also not only critical for uh, the security, but it also is a, a form of security which is not foolproof currently in electronic voting. That was kind of the key point. So if you hear... If you hear someone uh, dis discussing uh, electronic voting, the, the old school machine way is the way to do it. 
um, they're going to they're going to cite security as their primary concern. And uh, I'll I'll say again the name of this article, uh, so that uh, if you if you want to look it up and study up on this because uh, it's legit. Anyway, therefore, the identification and authentication processes can be done successfully through the following three classical ways. Something you know, a password or a personal identification number. Something you have, smart card or a token. Something you are, a fingerprint, voice, retina, or iris characteristics. As you know, all of these technologies already exist and have for some time in the relatively mainstream. Okay, so this paper has shown the conclusion of establishing e-voting protocol based on public key encryption crypto system. The security of the proposed e-voting depends on RSA public key encryption protocol. The proposed protocol is more efficient than the, others, the other e-voting protocols. It allows the voter to vote from his or her own personal computer without any extra cost and effort. As news technology for electronic voting protocol, this protocol is proposed to replace the unreliable previous voting system since voters feel justifiably confident that their votes will be counted, as well as the proposed protocol needs only the basic requirements such as PC, internet connection, voting website, and standard mobile phone. So there it is, folks. Okay, so uh, if anybody wants this, I uh, if you're on my Twitter, I can post the link on Twitter, or you can look it up if you want to Google it. It is the e-voting protocol based on public key cryptography, and this has been published by the International Journal of Network Security and its applications. Basically, once we get to that point, <clears throat> I think we're going to have to fight to do it, but once it gets done... That will be the nail in the coffin of all voter suppression and corruption, etc., etc. And if we can use that, get that legislated into place alongside universal voting, which is every person voting uh, who is of age, etc., automatically registered and automatically voting, that would that would be the end all of all voter suppression. So I'm a big fan of that one. That's where we're at with that. And last but certainly not least, the reason that I'm bring this, bringing this up, I just want to preface with what I'm about to say um, with, by saying that uh, I, right now, just so everyone has a little perspective, <clears throat> Hillary Clinton has won two of the three states and uh, in the uh, <clears throat> Democratic primary so far, we are coming up on Super Tuesday. All data is looking very, very hopeful for Bernie Sanders to do medium to very well in the next seven or so states. So that being said, I think that whatever happens, regardless of what happens with the presidential election, it is absolutely key for everyone to understand <clears throat> that this really, really is, and, and not in a slogan-y way, this is the, the very, very beginning and not the end. If Bernie Sanders wins the election, then we are all in very good shape, but it will not be time to become complacent. And if, heaven forbid, knock on wood, he should lose, it again still is the absolute only beginning. And the key to 
if in the event that he somehow doesn't win the election, and again, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm getting down on him. I, I think he's he's the guy, and he's going to do it, and he's going to go all the way. But the point is, is while he is the catalyst for all of this profound excitement in the air at the moment, it is critical that everyone understand the amount of personal power that they have in their ability. If you have a computer, if you have Twitter, if you have a cell phone, if you have the internet, and you are able to read and write and speak to people, then you are an epicenter of democratic power. And so that is just my preface to what I'm going to say, which is this. Regardless of what happens in the presidential election, it is absolutely key that individuals continue on the momentum of moving to get regular individuals on the ballot, uh, particularly on the House of Representatives, because uh, at least on its face, it's so much easier to qualify to run for the House of Representatives. Not only that, but also in your individual states, it is key to run for state Senate and state assembly. There are a lot of really cool grassroots people who are providing information on how to run in written form, in audio form, etc. And for everybody who's on Twitter, you are probably already hip to this, but if you're not, you can reach out to me, but just using Google, um, uh, you can do that. Uh, but the point that I wanted to say about this is, I am currently supporting in a consultant capacity a few different uh, individual progressive, I don't know what to call them. If, if Hillary gets to call herself progressive, then I, I don't know what to call us. Uh, we, you could say socialist if you want. I prefer the term populist because, one, uh, I just like it and I've been using it. So, hey, there's a little ego involved. Cool. But also because it is nonpartisan. It's not Republican, Democrat, or socialist. You could technically be a Republican and be a populist. I personally am not against any one particular view as long as you are populist, which is basically populism is just the enactment of the will of the people over a government which is largely made up of elites which mean to oppress. Sound like anything familiar that's going on right now? Yeah. Anyway, so the point is... Populist candidates, socialist candidates, progressive candidates. In other words, people who are regular people who do not take corporate money. That's really the bottom line. I don't really care if someone leans a little bit left, a little bit right, whatever. As long as that leaning, in that leaning, they say, oh yeah, but no matter what, I actually want the will of the people to be what happens, not the will of the corporations. Anyone who does that okay, then I, I can work with you. I might not vote for you. <laughs> I might not work for your campaign. But, hey, uh, you know, you are legit in my book as a populist candidate if you your platform includes absolute refusal of any corporate funding, bribery, lobbying, etc. So as far as primarying goes, what I think is absolutely critical to say to anyone who's interested in this, 
I, I am interested in helping candidates do that. I, at some point, when I'm done with college, will also run. But for myself, it's just a personal decision. I want to wait till I get out of school. But what I want to say, the tools that, that we have found to be incredibly useful are the following. One, um, when you are a candidate who is the populist candidate or socialist candidate or whatever, you are likely to be largely outspent by the establishment candidate. And I would just like to say that if you can throw up a website using Squarespace, uh, is supposed to be a really good one. Uh, one of the guys I'm working with has that. Or Wix is another cool one or whatever. You can color and cut and paste a website up in two seconds so that people have somebody to get a hold of you. If you have a website, a cell phone, and a, you know, and a YouTube channel, that's about it. And I just want to say, in terms of being outspent, and uh, I've shared this with a couple of the candidates that I'm working at, and I hope they use it because I think it's a great tool, uh, that if you can have your website so people got something to look at, they can check you out, see what you stand for, see how to get a, get a hold of you, see what you're all about, great. Uh, the millennial generation is much more visual than previous generations, so anyone running, regardless of what your age or your stance is, it's going to be in your benefit if you want uh, millennial votes to, to have that be a part of it. Um, also, um, it's a really, really good idea to not only have uh, YouTube, use YouTube to make your campaign videos, you can talk about the issues. Let's say you're not relevant enough in the eyes of your very large uh, campaign war chest competitor um, for them to debate you. You can go on and discuss the issues that they discuss in detail on YouTube and just post your video. Similarly, another great idea, which I everyone, especially if you're super broke, what you can do is do a crowdsourcing your YouTube commercials, which is if you have a, a, a decent following of people who support what you do, who understand your views, and they are people to whom you have been able to articulate those views, you can just say, hey everyone, I would really appreciate it if you would take a couple minutes and just make a homegrown video. You don't have to be professional, but just say why you're voting for me. So anyway, crowdsourcing your people to do a YouTube video for you, a website, and a cell phone. Great way to go. And the whole idea being that what we have to do is just come as a groundswell of populist candidates and just literally use democracy to fill the state senate, the state assembly, and the house of representatives with totally incorruptible uh, populist candidates. I'm running out of time here so I gotta cut this short but in conclusion the theme of today's podcast is addressing what I see as the three core issues detrimental to democracy at this time, which is one, large private interests controlling and subverting the democratic process, two, election fraud and voter suppression stopping the will of the people from being recorded in the democratic process, and three, the vast majority of candidates running being corrupt to some degree or another. So therefore, addressing those systematically, the money coming from above subverting, I see the answer as a 
systematic boycott of the companies that are doing that. So in other words, cut off the money supply, reverse the money flow. And if money is what controls it and money is the form of the power of the private interest, using boycotting to cut off the supply of their power. And so there may be way different ways besides that boycott app, but the information which is available through the use of that app where you can scan the barcode and get all the information for that company. Is it a GMO supporting company? Is it a Koch Brothers company? Is it connected to other Koch Brothers uh, companies? I like that Bicot app. I am sure that there are other ones, but that is the awesomest one that I've seen. And the idea behind it is really the key point, the key takeaway, which is using boycotting in tandem with your vote as the expression of your will so while your vote is recorded your vote is in is enforced by cutting off the money supply to the companies which in my opinion control our government at this time in fact i think it's fair to say that it's not even my opinion so that's part one Part two is the voter suppression, which takes place through election fraud. There are countless cases of election fraud taking place, uh, of voter suppression, people waiting in lines, all these things. And the point is cryptography is the future. Digital, secure, online voting using cryptography is the future that technology is here now and in my opinion the reason that it is not being enacted is not because it is less secure than the current electronic system we know that the electronic voting system is incredibly easily corrupted and there are numerous instances of where that has happened where it in fact changed the vote as, as an example the uh, the 2000 Gore Bush election but there are several others the point is is cryptography with digital voting online that in combination with mandatory voting or universal voting as it's being called would basically empower every man woman child over the age of 18 to vote from their phone using a digital signature and that will be the nail in the coffin of all voter suppression and the reason that that is not having taking place right now is not because it is not secure the reason that it is not being enacted is because it is in the interest of those who are in power right now to ensure that we do not have a system which is incorruptible and representative of the vote because they will lose control it will put the it will put the the power of the government directly into the hands of the people and third finally the issue which i see and Hillary Clinton is the key example at this time, but of course she's just one example, the most exaggerated example that I can see right now. Corrupt politicians running for these government positions 
And while Citizens United is a worthy cause, I would like to see an amendment. I would like to see a Supreme Court reversal. I, I also want to see people putting in the effort in put, taking the power and putting it into their own hands, which is to say using the internet, using YouTube, using Twitter, and getting boots on the ground with individuals, real individuals, who are not beholden to corporate interests, who have not sold their, the soul of their country and democracy for money or power, etc. Individuals like you and me who get educated, who can talk, who can use their cell phone, use their website, use YouTube, and use Twitter and the various tools to go run for those seats ourselves. To me, that is much more powerful. We, it is much more preemptive and proactive than waiting to see what happens in the Supreme Court, waiting to see what happens in overturning Citizens United with an amendment, waiting to see if Bernie Sanders wins. And if you are not a candidate, you're not the kind of person who could deal with a public lifestyle, totally understandable, but supporting all of those who do represent a platform of non-bribery, non-lobbying, non-corporate funding. So, boycotting, cryptographic, individual vote with universal voting for every man, woman, and child over age of 18 who's eligible to vote, and primarying all those candidates, Democrats and Republican alike. If they're not representing our people, if they're not representing our will, just throw on a button-down shirt and a suit jacket and get to work working on your own personal campaign to primary that corrupt politician and get them out of office. Okay, everyone, that's the time that we've got today. Thank you all for tuning in. You have been listening to the Populist Governance Initiative. I'm your host, John T. Feel free to give me a shout-out. Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at polysci underscore analyst, and you can reach me on my email at populistgovernance at gmail.com. That's populistgovernance at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about the show. Are the subjects that we covered today relevant? Do you want to hear more about that? Is this not relevant and you'd like me to talk about something else? Love to have your feedback. Thanks again for tuning in. Looking forward to Super Tuesday. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.